the college football experience, Alabama Crimson Tide 2023 season preview episode on the Sports Gambling Podcast Networks brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. And remember, as always, folks, to let it ride. This is Randy Cross. You're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. And wow, I mean, it's the Alabama Crimson Tide. Joe Willie Namath, Bart Starr, Bobby Humphrey, Derek Thomas, George Teague. I can go on and on and on. What a proud program this is. But perhaps you're wondering just who the hell you're listening to. My name is Colby Swing Database Dad, aka Pick. Don D. That's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I'm probably drinking too much and celebrating too much and not sleeping. Would have killed a normal man, but nah. Now that's gone. The medical advice I got from that was, was like being hit by lightning. Pretend it never happened and get on with your life. And you're nothing but a chameleon, lemon-headed, coward, terrorist pussy. And I'm after you, buddy. You're going to pay for it. Good night. Sir, (laughs) sir, how you doing, folks? Honored to be here to talk a little Roll Tide football. Love Alabama's uniforms. Always have. Always have. Jay Barker days. I mean, just a gorgeous, gorgeous set of uniforms. Great vibe, Alabama. Freddie Kitchens days. Part of the Iron Bowl. Brian Bergdorf days. <laughs> I can go on and on and on. I am joined by my co-host. Give it up for Farmer. Farmer JMU Duke defensive back. The burrito eating. Sideline kiss stealing. Wheeling and dealing. Patty C in the place to be. Hi. We're here to talk roll tide football, baby. Uh, we've talked about this before. Alabama, in your opinion, and I think I agree with you, is obviously at current, at present, the face of college football. Maybe not at this exact moment. I think you got to say Georgia, but over the past decade, certainly Alabama. Um, 15 years, certainly Alabama. But all time, I think you said you think Alabama is the all time college football team. Well, like I said, I think you just think of the history. The history of college football, and, and you think of so many classic players. Uh, wasn't Stabler Alabama too? I think Ken Stabler's Alabama. Good I know deal. Bart Starr, Joe Namath. You know, uh, I didn't realize Starr was Alabama. Yeah. Wow. I want to say John Hanna, who's the greatest, arguably the greatest offensive lineman ever. Um, so they so had a quarterback I, in the first three Super Bowls. 
uh, with Star in both one and two, and then Namath in three. I think so. And then I, like I said, I think Stabler, or the winner of both of the first three Super Bowls. Stabler, I believe. We double check that Ken Stabler, I believe is from the university of Alabama. Yep. I am right. So they're cranking them back. This has just been, this isn't look, I get it. Shout out to Nick Saban. You've done an unbelievable job, but this program has been rolling for a long time. Gene Stallings, bear Bryant. You can go on and on and on. Just some names. Just just a few names there. Derek Thomas, never heard of him. Yeah. Come on. Uh, But Patty C, you know, we got to talk a lot about roll tide here because it's easy to see a tide turn, but as, as, as we, we always say the, it's easy to see a tide turn wait and to quote the great uh, George W and, yeah. and I think you can make an argument that the tide could be turning. We're going to talk all about that. Uh, but before we do that, I want to tell you that the Alabama Crimson Tide 2023 season preview episodes brought to you by Edge Boost. Yes, Edge Boost is the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Edge currently is off, you know, currently offers up to twenty five hundred dollars in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll, Patty C. Mm. And get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months, because that's that's part of it. I mean, look, gambling is gambling is a uh, <laughs> I think it's just so much better today legalized than illegal. You know, I know you saw the recent uh, Alabama fans will know this with their baseball program. You know, that like we caught them. We caught them and before I remember Boston College, I think it was in the eighties, we didn't find out till like years after. So they had already benefited off that. Yeah. The, to catch them now means it's working. Um the Iowa Iowa Hawkeyes, I think, had a situation too, or Iowa State. Um, so uh, this system is working. So I think is a good thing. And edge boost is a fantastic thing because let's say, you know, you, you, you are spending, let, let's say you're just, uh, you lost a thousand dollars on the iron bowl. You, for some stupid reason, took Auburn right last right. year. And you're like, what are you doing? Right. And you know, now you, 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 you were sitting there and you're like, well, yeah, fine. back in the eighties. Well, yeah, well, yeah, you're you like, didn't a, have a kneecap the next day. Ex- well, exactly. Exactly. You didn't have that money. Guess what? Edge boost uh, isn't some sleazy loan shark. That's going to break your kneecaps. All right. They charge zero interest. All right. Zero interest. And they give you up to $2,500 in betting advances. Edge boost can also be a part of responsible a, or a responsible gambling plan. As you can set up daily, weekly, monthly limits across all your betting accounts at one place. It's absolutely fantastic. Support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sports gambling slash edge to sign up uh, once again, that's sports gambling slash edge must be 21 years or older to use problem with gambling call one 800 gambler. You know, you get that, uh, yeah, you get that inside tip. You listen to us. We try and give you the inside information. Say you get the real inside information. Say you know the quarterback of Auburn, right? And you see him get injured, right? In person, right? Yeah. He's walking down the street. He trips on the corner. Boom. Broken ankle. Call Edge Boost. Get that money. Boom. Put the bet down on Bama. Once again, folks, sports gambling podcast.com slash edge. All right, we are back talking Alabama Crimson Tide football. Uh, Patty C, my my point in playing this. It's easy to see a tide turn. Uh, some would say uh, Nick Saban. I know he was out here in Los Angeles watching Kirby Smart win his second national championship in a row, and I guarantee you he was thinking. 
Because I understand how the bastard thinks. I taught him. Now I own one. I mean, let's, let's, let's not sugarcoat this. Look, I, shout out to our Alabama fans. You got a great program. Love roll tide. Love Brian Denny. Love all this good stuff. Love the uniforms Alabama's always had, but Georgia has kind of stolen a little bit of the mojo of the Alabama crimson tide. I mean, yes, uh, certainly. I mean, from a recruiting standpoint, they're the only team that's even been remotely close to challenging them and they have gotten the better of them. I think twice now. Well, they just won two national championships. It was my point. And like when, when, when that happens, you can't, it's kind of like a passing of the baton in a way. Yeah. And you wonder Nick Saban turned 72, this college football season, that's gotta be a concern for, for Bama fans because Kirby smarts, not going to leave Georgia for Alabama. Oh, Jermaine Burton. will. so maybe, <laughs> maybe Kirby smart. will. perhaps but probably but, not, but either way, I mean, it, it, it just presents an interesting thing going to, you know, looking ahead at the Alabama crimson tide. You look back at last season, Patty C and I think, you know, <laughs> Nick Saban is 71 years old. College football is changing in front of our eyes. Yeah. NIL transfer portal. You could see, I personally thought that Alabama should have lost to Texas. However, I'll correct that by saying I thought they should have beat Tennessee. Yeah. So I thought like they were the better team against Tennessee. Tennessee ended up like somehow get finagling a, a win out of that. Yeah. Whereas with Texas, I actually believe Texas was the better team that day. Yeah. Now, Bryce Young willed them to some key wins. The Almost Texas game, to the Tennessee game. Yeah. Well, uh, LSU had they not gone for two, he would willed them back to tie it up. And the year before that, we saw him do a lot of things like that. And also, Will Anderson was such a great defensive player. Oh, Those guys are gone. They're Bryce in the NFL. Young was an absolute magician. You can't like overstate how valuable he's been for them for the past couple of years. So concerns all throughout, you know, they, they replaced the defensive coordinator. They weren't happy with the defense last year. Weren't happy with the offense. Bill O'Brien is back with the Patriots. They turned to Tommy Reese on the offensive side, on the, the offensive ball. side of the ball. They turned to Kevin Steele, a familiar name on the defensive side of the ball. came in with Saban at yeah. Alabama. He's also a little up there. 65 Tommy Reese, 31. Yeah. Interesting. Hires. His dad. Super yeah. interesting hires. We're going to touch base on all of that, but I feel like what I got to do first is touch base on the, if you listen to all of our other 133 previews that we're doing, uh, we got to hit on the transfer portal. We'll hit on all of that with the Alabama crimson tide, 23 national, 23 time national champion, Alabama crimson tide, Patty C. Uh, it's a lot. All right. Well, look, transfers lost cornerback Traquan Fegans to USC. Cornerback Jaquez Robinson to Colorado. Tight end Elijah Brown to Florida Atlantic with the Owls. Who, who, who have a brand new head coach in Tom Herman? Linebacker uh, Demoy Kennedy to Colorado. Uh, wide receiver Tyler Harold to the Miami Hurricanes. Oh, wide receiver uh, Avery Anderson. Wide receiver Avery Anderson to uh, LSU. Mm. Oh. What the hell is that? Mm. Uh, wide receiver Jojo Early to uh, TCU. Wide receiver Christian Leary to Georgia Tech. Off at the tackle Tommy Brockermeyer to TCU. Uh, off at the tackle Damian George to Florida. Uh, offensive uh, lineman J- JVN uh, J- JVN Cohen 
uh, to Miami, Florida. That was a big get for Miami off the tackle. Amari Knight to UCF wide receiver, Trayshawn Holden to Oregon offensive lineman Tanner Bowles to Kentucky cornerback, Kyrie Jackson to Oregon running back, Trey Sanders to TCU punter, Jack Martin getting in the mix to the Houston Cougars and defensive lineman, Braylon Ingram to Syracuse. That's all they lost. That's a lot of players to lose. It is a lot. It's funny when you say that and with them going to some rivalries, LSU, Florida, I don't know if you consider Florida a rival, but Kentucky's on the schedule this year too. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that wouldn't have been able to happen. You know, I'm not saying Saban would have done it, but I'm saying Saban would have done it. He would have blocked transfers like that back then. I, a lot well, especially of within conference, within a conference. lot of coaches, I, was kind I of would practice. say majority of coaches yeah. would block within conference. Um, and that might be a little bit of what I'm talking about here on why you saw, well, we're going to dive into it. Why you saw kind of them struggle a little bit last year. Yeah. I know that sounds crazy because they were like two plays away like, from an undefeated fe- yeah, season. Exactly. But Incoming transfers, uh, CJ Dupree from the Maryland Terrapins. It was a great get at the tight end spot. Linebacker Tresman Marshall from Georgia. What? What's going on here? Have some scruples, people. Have, what's going on here? Safety Jalen Key from UAB. Cornerback Trey Amos from Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. He was a beast. And quarterback Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame, which I think was one of the more shocking ones yeah. of all of the portal. Yeah. Um, here, okay, here, going back to my point, I was trying to make a second ago, and I'm just saying I'm playing devil's advocate. I don't know that I 100% believe Alabama's just going to end up going six and six. I don't <laughs> think that's true. However, you got to be honest. The Texas game, 20 to 19 win. Texas was what eight and six last year, I think eight and five, something like that. Um, the a and M game, a and M, you know, was at the one yard line, didn't get it in. They beat a and M 24, 20, but that was at Bryant Denny. Right. Yeah. They they lost at Neyland Stadium, fifty-two to forty-nine. Uh, they lost at Tiger Stadium, thirty-two thirty-one. And that and and the Ole Miss game was a six-point game at Ole Miss. And I know our our pal Phil Steele was talking about this. They've had struggles on the road lately. The year before they lost at A and M. I've lobbied this for a long time. They used to play a lot of those neutral site games. When you do more shots on the road the more likely likely you are to lose. And that goes for anything in, in college athletics. In Absolutely. My um, numbers strongly support that. Yeah. And so my, my question is, is I get it. They were four points away from an undefeated season. <laughs> yeah. I but, mean, in the year before, let's yeah. be honest, they beat the national champion, uh, Georgia in the, and, SEC and I think champion. they would have beat them again. Had they had uh, their they, wide their, receivers. Yeah. And, and they had a corner. Out and their game. only yeah. loss two years ago in the regular season was by three points on the road against a uh, and M who had hit their own last second field goal. Yeah, very similar situation to Tennessee. They had a big kick return. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like, but but you got to be honest. They played a lot more close games, and is that due to the transfer portal and NIL and just parity? Is that, or is that just because? I mean, because let's be honest, Bryce Young was the best player in college football last year. Will Anderson was like a top ten player in college football. If Bryce Young wasn't there last year, they certainly lose the Texas game. That's without question. The Texas game, they should have lost naturally in my opinion, the rest yeah. were awful in that game, yeah. but they should have beaten Tennessee. They, I thought like Tennessee stole that game. Yeah. Um, and just like Alabama stole the Texas game. Yeah. Um, but still you got to admit they had, they had some, you know, concerning performance hanging around. They had uh, every away game really, except the uh, Arkansas yeah. game, except the Arkansas game, the LSU obviously got yeah. them. Um, Even that Arkansas game at one point got 
got like close, but then they separated themselves and they didn't have Bryce young that game either. That was actually a really impressive performance by Alabama. I mean, I think the sky is not falling on Alabama, but I do think obviously Georgia has completely closed the gap and even inched past them. Um, and uh, I think that they're going to find themselves in more of those dog fights, not only because a little bit of the transfer portal, even evening things out, obviously I think Alabama's recruiting as, as, as well as ever. Um, but um, I think the, the transfer portal evens things out. And I think the sec West has come up, you know, we talked about it. There's a lot of great coaches now that, you know, the sec West was good, but it was it, now it's really, really good in terms of the coaching ranks. Yeah. When you had like Chad Morris at Arkansas, yeah. And Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State. Now, obviously, the the sad situation with our friend Mike Leach passing away. Rest in peace, to Coach Leach. You know, you have some uncertainty in Starkville, but, but that's the only that, place. Yeah. Ole Miss had what? Matt Luke was it? Yeah. Uh, They've come up. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss has Kiffin. You got uh, you got Jimbo slash Petrino, aka Road Rash Face. You got uh, College Station. Brian yeah. Kelly is the big one there. Brian Kelly, I think, is one of the yeah. best coaches. Sam Pittman in Arkansas. Yeah, Pittman brought up them. Yeah. And now you have Hugh Strip Club Freeze at Auburn. Yeah. Uh, who has a history of messing with Saban a little bit at Ole Miss. I think if they play in these close games, they're going to ca- catch another. And couple Tennessee's else. came up because they play Tennessee every year, and Hypel yeah, that's has, true. has ignited the Vols. Now that cross division rivalry will probably only last one more year because. Presumably they're going to what either a yeah. pod or yeah that maybe eight, don't start me on that eight yeah. game stuff should be nine games yeah should be nine games we we I still can't believe they decided on eight anyway let's let, give them let's yeah. give them some crap here uh, Alabama look we're gonna praise you we're gonna laud you for how great you are let's 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 tear you up a little bit uh, for, well you know how I feel like this is ridiculous the nine game like you're you have a sixteen team conference and this yeah. goes for the Big Ten too whoever. Any conference that's going to do this many teams, especially when you have like, like nothing matters anymore. Yeah. All right. I mean, the rivalries are all being shut down. What's going on here? We want to see LSU and, and Saban. We want to see. We want to see these matchups. We want to see Texas, Texas A and M. Yeah. And now we're only going to get an eight game schedule. So we every other year. Come on. Right. Stop it. Stop it. We want the Iron Bowl. We want LSU. Bama. We want Al- Alabama, Tennessee. Yeah. Stop complaining. Some of those are yeah. going to have to go. Just, just man up, just man up. You, yeah. we have a 12 team playoff. You can have two losses and still make the playoffs. All right. Yeah. Fix it. Everything right? Saban does is with purpose, right? He, yeah. He bothered me with that part. He and really bothered me with that. He's got to yeah. be bothering you with the uh, going to well, DC to well, try and here's my problem is yeah. Trying to uh, lobby against the NIL. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Here's my problem with Saban. He complains when like no one shows up to their games of Western Carolina at Alabama. Yeah. When Alabama's up like fifty-two nothing at half. Yeah. And then he says, "Well, I'm a strong supporter of playing only Power Five games." Yeah. And then. And then the, he gets this opportunity to make that happen. And himself. what does he do? Yeah. What does he do? He lobbies he votes for an eight-game conference schedule. So we're so we're gonna see Western Carolina again play Bama. Yeah. And with college football's attendance, you know, problem because TV is so great, you can watch thirty games. Yeah, I can only foresee that becoming more of, of a problem because yeah, for in-game you know, attendance. Yeah, and then he's gonna cry about it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, he Look, wins a lot. He's a hell of a coach, but at yeah. the same time, come on, man. He's you. A hell of a he hypocrite. said this himself. <laughs> he said this himself. Yeah. He said, "I want to play." You know, ten power fives or as many power fives as we can. Georgia voted yes. LSU voted less, yeah. yes, but Bama did not. Yeah. That bothers me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and 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 to me, like Nick Saban, 
in in the sense that we all think of college football is like, okay, don't make it pro football. Don't make it about the money. I like that he, you know, on a surface level, doesn't want it to be a money game. He wants it to be, you know, amateur athletics. The but problem is it's always been a it's money always game. been that. Yeah. And Alabama has stood to benefit from it being yeah. like that. Yeah. Because they have big boosters. So Yeah. But let's let's not just that that is and the reality. That so, is the reality. Yeah. All right. We he's a fantastic coach. Obviously, you cannot knock his record. What is it? It's something unbelievably crazy. 194 and 27 at Bama. I mean, he only has 27 losses at Alabama. And like I feel like half of those were the first <laughs> was the first season, but yeah. um let's talk about it because I'm very curious. I did not expect so when Alabama got rid of Bill O'Brien, I kind of saw that one. I saw the writing on the wall there. I thought yeah. that was going to happen. Yeah. I did not expect it to be Tommy Reese. Not at all. I think everyone was stunned by that one. Um, you know, I went back, I looked at a little bit of the stats. I was incorrect on the previous in 2019 when Chip Long was there. They had the number 13. Notre Dame, you're talking. All right, Notre Dame, yeah. yeah. Uh, Notre Dame had the number 13 scoring offense, but they had the number 44 overall offense. Tommy Reese comes in, though, in his uh, three years as coordinator there, they have the number 27 total offense in the country, number 45, and then number 60 most recently this past year. Uh, that's a pretty average offense uh, from a, you know, statistical measure. Why would Saban bring that guy on? Yeah. I wonder if it has anything to do with playing Brian Kelly every year. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, if that's his biggest, you I mean, know, I know that sounds ridiculous. You just have one game, but I'm like, if he's, if he's beating everybody else, yeah. He's like, well, our our players are just going to beat Ole Miss every time, or yeah. almost every time. Yeah, we don't so, need to have the inside track I, on that. I know I, it was an interesting hire. I was not expecting that. I was just not expecting that. So Tommy Reese is the new OC. Obviously, he brings in Tyler Buckner, who you're talking to our guy Phil Steele earlier. Like he thinks Buckner's going to be the starting quarterback. Which Buckner it, has good athleticism. That probably was not surprising on. to me though, because you had. Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson and these other guys. And yeah. I, I figured it would be either Milrow or Simpson. I think you're getting the same thing from Buckner that you're getting from Milrow. When I w- have watched him, he hasn't necessarily been like the most the, accurate Mil- passer. more of a home run threat, right? With his feet. Yeah, I, w- I think so. I mean, I think uh, Buckner's probably a little better of a passer and although Milrow, what 57% passing, not great, um, but not terrible, terrible. I don't think Buckner is like gonna, you know, come out here and be Peyton Manning. Oh, I don't think he's a terrible get, but I just, I'm a bit perplexed. Uh, if and look, I, it sounds like we're just dumping on Alabama here. They're still going to be a very good team. Oh, I think they're so year. loaded yeah, across but, the board on every other position. But l- l- honestly, if you, ha- if let's say Buckner's starting game yeah. one, like Steele thinks it's he's going to, and, and by the way, shout out to Phil Steele. He, he's on our show every year. He'll be on in in a, in a couple weeks. Um, but. Uh, where would you rank them among as I know the sec lost a ton of quarterbacks, but you have Jaden Daniels coming back to LSU. Yeah. Uh, Wegman who started some games, a uh, high recruit at, at a and M you have KJ Jefferson at, at Arkansas. You have whoever Ole Miss decides to go with, whether it's Spencer Sanders, whether I mean, they have like a slew of different court, they have three guys that, that have had Jackson dart is still yeah, there. Reps. Will Rogers is in his 300th season. Uh, he's on the, <laughs> the Stetson Bennett program here uh, yeah. at Mississippi State, um, and then you have Peyton Thorne transferring into Auburn. Yeah, and then on the other side of it, you have whoever Georgia elects to go with. You have uh, Rattler uh, at Rattlers South. at South Carolina. Uh, Milton's at Tennessee. Florida's going with Graham Mertz. We think. Yeah. Uh, Devin Leary, the NC State transfer to Kentucky. Yeah. 
Um, and then you have whoever Missouri elects to go with Garcia, the transfer Maybe from Garcia. Miami, perhaps. Yeah. And then Vandy. Uh, well, let's not mention mention <laughs> Vandy, but everyone else. Um, what do you? I think it's it's pretty low. You know, I yeah. think it's on the bottom third of uh, SEC quarterbacks that they're going to be bringing in. Does that matter? Is Alabama still going to have so much talent that? They're gonna win. I mean, they went to the national championship. Who is the running back that, that they put in at uh, back in 2014, the first year of the uh, uh, college football playoff? They took a converted running back and and went to the national championship. And, oh, I or, know or to the uh, to the Sugar Bowl and lost to Ohio State. All right, why am I drawing a blank right I'm now? I'm drawing a blank on his name too. But uh, I think they're gonna be fine. But in games like that it helps to have a, a, a good quarterback. And that's the difference between a championship Alabama team and not a championship Alabama team. Then yeah. again, Jake Coker wasn't exactly something special and they won a national championship with him. Stetson Bennett wasn't even a recruit. I mean, right. he was a zero star. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't mean it's over, but yeah. they are going to miss Bryce young. Uh, well, look last year, Bill O'Brien who's gone fourth in the nation in scoring offense, 30th in rush offense, 19th in pass offense, 11th in total offense. And you're out of here. <laughs> Yeah. Tough, not good tough enough. world. <laughs> uh, so if it's Buckner starting at QB, like I said, it's either going to be him, Milrow, or Simpson. We believe um, the running back scenario here. What do you think of, of uh, J- J- Jason McClellan? He's he's a he's a beast. He's flashed wh- when I saw him play. What what do you th- what do you make of him at the running back spot? And I know they also have Roydell Williams. What do you make? What do you make of those backs? Well, you can't argue with uh, five point eight yards per carry. Yeah, decent out of the backfield. And when you think about maybe him getting, you know, the majority of the production, uh, Jameer Gibbs forty four receptions out of the backfield last year. So if he's their number one check down option as well, you got to expect huge numbers out of McClellan. True. I mean, they were kind of splitting carries. Gibbs had one fifty one, McClellan one twelve. So if he's the the guy, the feature back this year, then he could be a thousand yard back. Well, especially with Tommy Reese and Notre Dame's history of running the ball. Yeah, that's, that's what's going to be compelling to watch with Bama every week is that this is a team, uh, Notre Dame, that did not have elite wide receivers. Well, Alabama does. Alabama yeah. has Ja'Cory Brooks and Jermaine Burton, who you they mentioned. They didn't the, last the, year so much. Yeah, but, but now still they better do than again. Notre Dame's. Come sure. on. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jermaine Burton, the Georgia transfer, he's back. Ja'Cory Brooks, uh, they also have Kobe Prentice. Emmanuel Henderson's a name to watch. The same with Malik Benson. Yeah, bring back their top two receivers yeah. in Burton and Brooks. Well, I think Henderson and Benson are pretty pretty good too uh, to watch out for. But uh, offensive line only only two starters back on the offensive line, but at least center Seth McLaughlin's back and J.C. Latham at the right tackle spot. Patty Latham, C- the only player on uh, this preseason pro- uh, indicate uh, what is it? Lindy's, I think we were yeah, looking at yeah. had like uh, the all conference offensive team. And Latham's the only one on any I of the. I mean, it's been a while. First, second, third team. It's been a while since Bama's only had one. Yeah, I mean, they're they're not looking like a super elite. It's offense. all subjective, though. You yeah. know what I mean? That's all subjective. It's plug and play, yeah. though, with Bama. They just don't have guys that have you know starred yet. But that doesn't mean they're not going to star this year. Defense coordinator is Kevin Steele. That was a bit surprising. Like I know he has the track record with Saban, but Miami's defense was not great last year. Yeah. Um. However. I do believe sometimes you don't have the roster and that might've been the scenario with Miami. I do believe Kevin Steele will be a good DC. Kevin Steele has been at every sec school ever. I feel like, yeah. Anyway, uh, I feel like Auburn, didn't they really want him? Didn't I thought he might've even been like, yeah, they wanted him. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think they he got was him. at Tennessee. He was at every school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said Maryland, I think for a cup of coffee. Um, 
So Alabama's defense a year ago, ninth in scoring defense, 35th in rush defense, 17th in pass defense, 12th overall in total defense, Patty C. Yeah. Once again, to overhaul the offense, uh, 11th in total offense, 12th in total defense. That shows you what Nick, Nick Saban demands perfection. Top 10 or yeah. you're out. Uh, they do return two or three on the defensive line, led by Tim Smith and Jaheim Otis. Um, obviously, losing Will Anderson on the defensive side of the ball is gigantic. Uh, they only have one linebacker back, and that's Dallas Turner. But come on, they're just—they're loaded. Dallas Turner guys, considered the top player in the SEC uh, yeah. from a talent perspective. So, but I mean, th- th- I don't fear the fact. Oh, you're only returning one linebacker. I'm sure the other guys are beasts. Both yeah. corners are back. Kool Aid McKinstry, great name. Great name. Terry on Arnold back. The secondary, uh, new safeties. But I also they were active in the portal. Does that scare you at all? Does it scare you at all that they they made a point of emphasis over the really over the past month late transfer gets of uh, Jalen Key from UAB, who was an All Conference guy and cornerback Trey Amos from Louisiana. Does that tell you that like Saban watched Spring Ball and goes, I don't know, we need we need to to strengthen our defensive backfield. Probably, probably, but I think for Saban, the players that are transferring out are players he doesn't want want, and the players that are transferring in. Are players that he handpicked, you know. Yeah. I feel like he can still get, you know, pretty much whoever he wants. That's uh, to a large extent to come play for them. So I think they're probably going to be fine. You know, I really think the thing that is gonna, the difference for Alabama is is quarterback. I mean, obviously, we're looking at position by position. If we see a weakness, then that that's a concern. But I don't think across the board you see many yeah. weaknesses. Maybe offensive line, just because of the lack of experience, but. There's so many stud recruits. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm like you. I agree. Kicker and punter are back, by the way. Will Richard, uh, Burnup is back as well, punting. So special teams should be solid still. Uh, so now, Patty, see, we do this. We're gonna go game by game. But before we do that, I want to tell you that the Alabama Crimson Tide 2023 season preview episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Yes, Best Ball Mania is is here at Underdog Fantasy, and they're giving away 15 million dollars in prizes. Plus there's plenty of ways to win with uh, NBA, NHL, and MLB player prop parlays. And that's right now. One of the things when college football season comes around, I love those player prop parlays. We mention those all the time. So when September comes, you will be hearing me talk about those and you can really, uh, I think, take advantage of, of some, uh, some stuff there. Uh, if you listen to us, so head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN for a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars. Once again, that's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. All right, Patty C. We are back, and hopefully, you're watching this on YouTube. YouTube.com/slash The College Experience. Subscribe. Tell a friend. We're breaking down all 133 teams in the FBS with a solo podcast, just like we do every year. We've been doing this for years. And uh, another thing is, we also cover the FCS. So if you're a North Alabama guy, if you're you know any of those schools, Alabama A&M, we got you covered. We're diving Samford, in, baby. Yeah. We got you covered there. And also we host the college basketball experience and college baseball experience. So we, we talk college sports year round. So subscribe to all three of those feeds, wherever you listen to podcast at. But if you are watching on YouTube, you're going to see this graphic here. Shout out to Cameron Kerr, despite him being a Texas A&M Aggie, he did uh, make this graphic and he made it look good with this Alabama crimson tide, uh, you know, win total on there. surprised. Uh, that's the lowest I can recall it in some time. 10 and a half is the win total. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, they're seeing some slippage. You know, uh, other people are seeing it too. Let me say this though: Alabama been in nine of the last fourteen national championships, been in six of the last eight. However, 
only one national championship win in the last five years. I feel like when he started bringing in the likes of Lane Kiffin and some of these pass happy coordinators, Bill O'Brien, maybe he feels like he's lost a little control. He's a little too reliant on quarterback play. Well, that, I hear there's going to be a stronger emphasis on, on running on the run. And that yeah. may be why he brought a reason, but you get back to those Mark Ingram days where you don't need to have an excellent quarterback and you're still going to have an offense that moves the ball and controls the clock. Well, you can also dictate the pace of the game better. Yeah. I thought like that Tennessee game, I thought they, I was what I was surprised Saban, you know, they had to get frantic, you know, well, they, they put too, they left Tennessee too much time. And I was surprised that they did that with the, you know, so yeah. Um, I know we're nitpicking here. This guy's a hall of fame coach and we're a couple of idiots over right. here, but mm-hmm. I mean, um, well, he's making the change and it, and why yeah. Tommy Reese, yeah. maybe because Tommy yeah. Reese likes to run the ball. So anyway, let's uh, let's let's look at this schedule because ten and a half. Your first reaction is, "Whoa, I haven't seen that 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 low in quite some time." Uh, week one, Middle Tennessee, the Blue Raiders. Hey, Kevin Steele, you're the defensive coordinator. Well, uh, Middle Tennessee did did throw for like four hundred yards on you last year, but <laughs> when he was at Miami and no, they, they won, they, they won them. at Coral Gables. Yeah, but once again, Miami's defensive backfield was a mess. Yeah. Not quite the same as yeah. Alabama. Uh, so this will be uh 52 to 10. Give me a 52 to 10 final That's generous for yeah. uh, the blue Raiders. Yeah. Uh, then comes the big one week two, the Texas longhorns with Steve Sarkeesian, Quinn Ewers. He shaved the mullet, which, mm. which I question what makes me make. favor Bama. Yeah. Um, it's like Samson losing the, the, the locks. Yeah. Delilah is somewhere in the background over there messing up things for Texas. Now Texas, like I said, should have won last year. Could they win this year? See, Texas is a team that is super talented. In these games, it's like when you pull up, even during this stretch where they've been terrible. You go back and LSU's team with the Orgeron that went that uh, was in 2019 with Burrow. They almost lost at Texas. For some reason, Texas, even though they've been kind of shitty over the past like decade. Yeah, they do get up in these big games. Well, and I yeah. think that stadium, Daryl Royal Stadium, hundred plus thousand people. I think a lot of the time when a lot, they're asleep for those games, it's like USC. Yeah. We've all been to USC, and it's I've like, been to Daryl Royal too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's if 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 it's not a hyped up environment, it's a lot. The expe- expectations so high, it takes a lot to get them hyped. But when it is hyped, it's a tough place to play. But this is at Brian this Denny. is in Tuscaloosa, yeah. and I think that heavily obviously favors Bama. So. uh so you're going two and zero. I'm going two and zero. All right, let's go. Uh, then they head to, and this is a clever one here. Shout out to, uh, shout out to this scheduling here uh, at South Florida because Bama doesn't normally go on the road to play Group of Fives. Um, but uh, it's funny. The la- I believe the last time they did, they lost at Hawaii under Shula. <laughs> wow. Right. But uh, been a while. But they, they, this is one of those tricky ones where they could say, "Hey, we played a Group of Five. But it's at Raymond James Stadium. This is going to be more Alabama fans yeah. than South Florida fans. It's an NFL yeah. stadium of what probably seventy thousand yeah. seats that normally USF fills out ten thousand of. They were one in eleven last year. Now they 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 are bringing in a brand new head coach. Maybe he could bring in some new life. But Bama's going to roll well, here. Their their offensive co- their their head coach beat Alabama last year as a coordinator. Alex Galesh, yes, was the OC of the Tennessee Vols. Don't see it happening this year. Three and zero. Give him a little credit for going on the road in the non conference. You know, maybe it deserves a little asterisk, but hey, they're still starting. It's a step in the right direction. Don't insult my intelligence. Baby steps, Colby. Uh, week four, home to to Lane Clipboard Throwing Kiffin. Mm-hmm. 
against Ole Miss. This is an interesting one because Ole Miss they just got Zakari Franklin, a, a big time wideout from from UTSA. Yeah, they have three ex- three good quarterbacks now. I'm expecting yeah. one of those to transfer in August, but. I mean, I got to favor Alabama, but I, this was a six point game a year ago. Yeah. And I'm drawing a blank on, uh, I shouldn't be on um, Mississippi running Mississippi's running back. Um, well, Zach Evans is gone. No, the, uh, yeah. the other one. Uh, oh yeah. He's a beast. Um, they were handing him the ball a lot on that final drive against Alabama last year. Uh, and look, they got cute and started throwing the ball around and stalled out around the 20 yard line. If they had stuck to their guns and kept a balanced offense, Quinshawn Judkins, Judkins yeah. is yeah. a freaking tank. Um, then I think uh, they they could have gotten down to the goal line and maybe given Al. I mean, they gave him a heck of a scare last year. So I think, and that was with Bryce Young at Alabama. I think Ole Miss has to be taken, but the fact that it's in Tuscaloosa, I have to lean Bama again. Yep, I agree. And then you have my mystery game here because I have no idea what to expect of Mississippi State this year. Alabama's going to win this game, right? Yeah, I I am perplexed by what's going on in Starkville. Obviously, our friend. Long time, long time friend of ours, Mike Leach is gone. Zach Arnett takes over Davis Wade Stadium. I I'm with you. Rest in peace. Yeah, Mike. rest in peace, Coach Leach. If you're watching, we're on YouTube. We're throwing up the flag here, the pirate. Uh, so I got them. I got them opening up five and zero. Oh, and I think people are going to say Tommy Reese is going to be the next head coach of the Crimson Tide. <laughs> and then, unfortunately, I have them losing on Saturday, October seventh. Because they go to Kyle Field, we've had this feud, Jimbo and Saban. And might I add that Jimbo beat him last time in College Station, and yeah. last year they got down to the one yard line. And Bobby Petrino comes in, which I think can make the offense if he can let Bobby Petrino know. Which is a big if because yeah. the the amount of egos on the sideline here. Yeah. But I got a And M winning this. I mean, if you turn, we saw what the difference between Tennessee with the players that they had. I know A and M was a five team. How could I say that so boldly? Well, I gave them the Texas game. To me, the Texas game, like I favor Bama, but it's not by much. I favor Bama by like a field goal. Yeah. A and M still still with winning five games last year and losing to App State. They still beat LSU, who was the SEC West champ. Yeah, who beat Alabama? That's my logic here. Yeah. A and M gets this win. Uh well, this is me kind of, you know, not com- being non-committal, but between this game and a game later on the schedule, they're going to lose. So I'll call this the one, the loss, especially on the second end of the back-to-back road. You go to Starkville, you get annoyed by those fans. You a little worn out. Maybe they test you. And then a and M is ready and rocking. Well, who does a and M have the week before? Let's take a look at that. A and M has Auburn the week before. So both. No, might- no, no. They have Arkansas the week before. Oh, okay. yeah. I was looking at the wrong. Uh, but uh, okay, the very next week they host Sam Pittman and the Arkansas Razorbacks Chase Sessoms, aka the host of the Notorious OTB podcast. Big Arkansas Razorback fan. He believes this is their year that they can win at Bama. He says there's blood in the water. I don't buy into that. Give me the ra- uh, give me the Crimson Tide to put down the Razorbacks. What are you doing here? Uh, both of them having similar kind of uh, transitions uh, coordinator wise getting away from such a high passing, you know, approach and going more to a running approach. Presumably well, Pittman's been running a while at Arkansas. I feel like, but still. I feel he, like uh, they still were past happy a little bit with uh, KJ Jefferson. No, who is the offensive coordinator went to uh, Bryles Bryles, you know, at the helm. I think, yeah, they weren't as bad, but um, either way, this uh, it figures to be a pretty physical game. 
I don't know. Arkansas could do it. Nah. KJ Jefferson coming back, but I, I got I, Bama. I'm leaning Bama. Then you got the the revenge game. This was probably the, the the I thought the most memorable game of last season. Alabama Tennessee. This year it's at Brian Denny. Uh, can Josh Heupel make it two in a row? I don't think so, but I do think Joe Milton will work out fine there. The guy's got a cannon. I just think this will be too tough. Bama wins. Yeah, I'll say this: between Texas, Ole Miss, at Mississippi State, at Texas, hosting Arkansas and hosting Tennessee, there's a one loss in there. Yeah, at Texas A&M, not Texas. Oh yeah, at, at uh, Texas they get a bye week after that uh, Halloween weekend. They get a bye week, and then Saturday, November fourth, LSU's on a bye week too. That week before, before, but now uh, Brian Kelly and his family come into uh, come into Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and unfortunately, with Jaden Daniels and the talent that LSU has, I have the LSU Tigers winning this game, Patty C. I mean. How many times does Nick Saban lose to the same team twice in a row? Not that often, but I mean, both coming off a bye here. I I feel like I mean they do do that every year. It's kind of a cool scheduling fixture. I think um, both take that it's going game. away. Yeah, yeah, now it's going away. Yeah. Um, one last time, while this has uh, been the rivalry, really, would you say this has been the marquee rivalry that Alabama's had over the past during the Saban era? I mean, obviously, because he Bowl. was. You think Iron Bowl has been Kick more? Six is like the most memorable. Like, if aliens came down the planet Earth and, and like, what is college football? And I'd be like, watch this. Yeah, you sure. Know? Uh, but that was now, one I know time. Bama fans are going to hate me for that take, but <laughs> um, it's a pretty memorable play. Oh, it's yeah, one of the best ever, yeah. if not the best ever. But um, that said, LSU and Bama, you know, they played in a national championship against each other. They were the one and two. I mean, Saban was at LSU obviously before. That is true. So that is true. I've, it's it's that's been as much a rivalry, if not more, than the Auburn rivalry for the past 15, 20 years. They didn't poison any trees in Baton Rouge. That's yet. true. That's right? true. Uh, that said, LSU maybe gets it done. I'll, I'll give it to LSU. I think LSU is a better team right now. Well, I, I, it's very hard for me to like confidently take the under Dude, on J- Bama. Jaden Daniels played so good against Bama last year. I think he's the edge. He's the difference in this matchup. Yeah. I think it's going to be a close game and I trust the quarterback of LSU way more than the quarterback of Alabama. Yeah. I'm taking LSU. All right. I'm, I'm with sorry. You. Tide fans. The following week you're at Kentucky and poor old Kentucky. They're they're gonna feel the wrath of that loss. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Bama's gonna beat them down. Then the, this beautiful FCS game that Saban's gonna complain about is the Chattanooga mocks coming into Brian Dennehy. Uh, Why is no one here? Yeah, that's gonna be a win. And then comes the Iron Bowl, Patty C. Hugh Strip Club Freeze uh, might be coaching from a, a, a maybe he'll be coaching from strip club. We've seen him coach from a hospital bed. Maybe he'll maybe he'll coach from a Zoom on a strip club there <laughs> in Alabama. But um, it's There's at Jordan Hare. You know, these games get wacky. Strip yeah. and Hugh Freeze, like I said, didn't he beat Sa- he might have beat Saban back to back years. Yeah, he might have been one yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, but that said, there's absolutely no way Saban, you know, ha- doesn't have the guys motivated if they're if they already have two losses. Saban simply does not lose three regular season games in the same year. It's never happened since year one uh at Bama um f- while he's been at the helm. I, I just think there's two losses though. I, I think, think between LSU and yeah. Auburn, there might be one. And I think between those other ones we mentioned, there's pr- definitely probably one. L- let me tell you this. And, and I know Alabama fans are going to hate, but I just, I'm just being trying to be honest. I think they're more likely to go nine and three than they are to go 12 and L. I don't really. 
I, I think both are incredibly unlikely. I think 10 and two or 11 or 10. Yeah, 10 no, I got them going 10 and two. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think uh, Vegas has it nailed. I think 10 and a half is what it is. If not, it should be 11. You know, I think 12 and 0 is going to be really hard to get to. I think, let me ask you this though. So the Heisman trophy winner and the best quarterback that Alabama has had in a long time, Bryce young is gone. Will Anderson's gone last year. Patty C they were uh, what two or three and two on the road with every, with four of those five road games being by uh, a one score game. Yeah. So that's five, one score games there. Uh, four out of five uh, being one score games. The only one is uh, the Arkansas game on the road. So you tell me you feel confident with no Bryce young and no Will Anderson. Let me tell you what, when your road games are in college station, Starkville, uh, Lexington and at Auburn, and then you're home to LSU, Texas, Ole Miss and Tennessee. It's a tough schedule, man. It's a tough schedule, but listen to the, their quarterbacks. They've had under uh Saban that have done all right. John Parker, Wilson, Greg McElroy, AJ McCarron, Blake Sims. That's who we were looking for. Jake cook, a uh, coker. Uh, Cooper Bateman, Blake Barnett, Jalen Hurts, obviously. See, good. see my difference. Tua, Mac, and then Bryce. Yeah, it's been a while. So I mean, their last. I also think college football's changed a lot since some of those names. Yeah, I mean, like it's been since 2015 since uh, they had Coker, but after that, Hurts for two years, Tua yeah. for two years, Mac Jones for two years, Bryce Young for two years. <laughs> it's this is the first time they haven't had an elite quarterback in like eight years, nine years. I don't know. I, I think ten and two is what Maybe uh, is what they're gonna go. I think they're gonna go ten and two. If I had to bet, actually, if you could find an odds for exactly ten and two, I think you play that. Um, but I I also believe in my statement. I think it's more likely they go nine and three than twelve and zero. Maybe, maybe. I mean, it, if they have great quarterback play, then twelve and zero is possible. But if they have terrible quarterback play, nine and three is actually a possibility based on how hard the schedule and the Texas game. If 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 yours takes a step forward and they are dynamite, then nine and three might be a possibility. That's what I'm saying, man. Well, and then uh, the fact that they get few freeze in Auburn that late now, I think the cupboard's pretty empty at Auburn. But at least you have the whole season to get decent. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the fact that they don't get, if they get Auburn week three, I'd be like, Bama's going to win by 21. Then you get them November 25th. I, I still expect Bama to, to win that game, but I do think you're getting, you're going to get the best version of that Auburn team. Yeah. So, and Alabama, you know, will probably have worked out some of the quarterback kinks for themselves too. But again, uh, recalling Blake Sims back in the day, he did a great job. He got them pretty close to the national championship game. But the offense, like it, that, was a problem. That was, they needed a crutch for that. The crutch was the running game, and if they have to lean on that crutch, you know, late in the season, a team like Auburn with a, a coach uh, like uh, Strip Club Freeze yeah. Yeah. could 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 get the better of them. Well, look, before we, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's a, a daunting schedule in a way, um, uh, folks. Before we get out of here, we got a little interview here. Uh, College Football Campus Tour, aka Michael Barker, joined me to talk about the Crimson Tide and Bryant Denny Stadium. And here's that. Here we are on the college football experience, Alabama Crimson Tide preview. And look, we had to go to my guy here, Michael Barker, aka College Football Campus Tour on Twitter. You need to be following him because the guy has been to every single school in the FBS. 
I feel like countless times. Uh, Michael, appreciate you coming on the show and talk to me about Bryant Denny Stadium and your experiences there. Well, Brian Denny Stadium, as we know, is home of one of the greatest dynasties in college football history, Alabama football in, in Tuscaloosa. Uh, Brian Denny opened in uh, 1929, but when it opened, it only had 6,000 seats. Uh, it's grown to 100,000 seats currently. It's one of eight stadiums in the FBS that's over 100,000. Uh, it has classic grass, which we all love. Uh, but one of the, the downsides of his capacity over the, the early years, even up to the 70s and 80s, most of the neutral site games were played at Legion Field, which held up to 70, 80,000. So uh, once Brian Denny became renovated and expanded uh, and the uh, condition of Legion Field went down uh, at the same time, it coincided with games getting back on, on campus at Brian Denny Stadium. And ever since the the mid to late nineties, it's been a very scary place to play. Yeah. And look, you, you, you said you've been there twice, correct? I've been there twice, 2017 versus LSU top 10 matchup. And then I went to the iron bowl last year versus Auburn. Oh man. You, th those are the two best to go to. Those are the, I mean, I would just imagine to me, if I was going to go to a Bama game, the iron bowl, I, I don't even want to ask you what a ticket ran, but how was that experience rivalry wise? I know you've been to all these stadiums, so many FCS stadiums as well, folks. Like I said, give them a follow on Twitter at CFB campus tour. Uh, but how, how, rivalry games you've been to, you've been to a, a slew of them uh, energy wise. Was that a, a up there with the best? Well, the, the LSU game in 2017 was a top 25 matchup. That was a little bit more of an environment that was, uh, it was more intense. Typically the iron bowl is going to be, uh, the most intense, but last year Auburn was a little bit down, but what's cool about, uh, you know, first of all, it's a scary place to play for anybody. They're 95 and seven with Saban as the head coach at Brian Denny stadium, which is ridiculous. Uh, but, but the outside of the stadium is cool too. They, they have, uh, on the concrete right outside. They have handprints and everything dedicated to all Americans and national championship teams. Uh, they have statues outside the stadium for all the coaches that won national championships. Gene Stallings, Bear Bryant, Frank Thomas, you know, Wallace Wade, obviously Saban, the list goes on and on. And before the game, uh, everybody crowds right outside the stadium. The team buses pull up. Nick Saban's in the front seat of the front bus and you can watch them and greet them going to the game. So uh, it's, it's pageantry, it's tradition, it's uh, intense football and it's a house of horrors for opponents. Yeah. I've got to get there. I, I it, to me like bucket list. I can't believe I haven't been there and I, ha and I host a college football show because I just need to get there. And obviously that record unbelievable with Nick Saban at the helm and look 1929. That is fan that I, I would like to think blindly that that's one of the older in the, in the FBS, but the power five, I would think, you know, I know there's, you get FCS, the Ivy league school has been there forever, but I, I think that's what I, blindly that's one of the older, or am I talking completely, you know, uh, uh, nonsense here? Well, two things are cool. Number one is other than Kentucky uh, Kroger field that was built in 1975, none of the sec stadiums were built post 1940. So um, it's, it's really interesting that they've, uh, hung on so long, but the, the, the most remarkable thing is that they've expanded, you know, you took a 6,000 seat stadium at Brian Denny and now it's a hundred thousand. I mean, that's common LSU yeah. Tiger stadiums like that too. So the creativity, the, the ingenuity, uh, 
but also staying in the same site and having it grow. So, you know, when you go in Brian Denny Stadium, you're walking in a place that's almost 100,000 or 100 years old and, you know, the likes of Heisman Trophy winners and national championship teams. So it's historic. It's uh, been modernized to keep up with uh, the trends of today. They have uh, a light display that makes the whole stadium red between the third and fourth quarter. So it's it's an experience that combines all the things that are good about college football. I love that about, you know, college football and especially the sec being able to preserve that playing on the same fields as some of those players playing on the same fields as the, as their grandfather, you know, and so many legends. So uh, I, I need to, I really need to get to a game there. I need to get to a game there, but uh, Michael, I appreciate you uh, joining us talking Bama football. Everybody needs to follow him on Twitter. If you're a college football fan and you're not following him on Twitter, what to me, I question how how big of a college football fan you are. All right, at CFB Campus Tour, uh, you know, like I said, this guy goes to like he's been to every single game. I feel like he'll go to like four, five, six games a week. He's constantly going to college football games, posting the photo of the game. So make sure you give him a follow. And Michael, thank you for coming on and roll tide. Roll tide. Thank you, Colby. That was awesome, Bryant Denny Stadium, Patty. I gotta go. I gotta go. You know, to me, aesthetically, it's one of the most beautiful stadiums. You know, I really think that it's jaw dropping in terms of the architecture and the, the, the symmetry, the light display, like you said, it, when you, it doesn't have like the, uh, the reputation as like the, 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 the crowd being absolutely insane or wacky, you know, or, you know, but to me, when I look at it and I say, holy crap, that's a gigantic stadium that would intimidate the hell out of me. If I was a player, you know, that didn't know anything about it. It's one of the most intimidating looking stadiums out there. There we go. Look, I, I got to get there though. For sure. I got to get there folks. We appreciate you coming here. All right. Uh, subscribe to the college football experience. Please subscribe uh, wherever you listen to podcast, iTunes, Spotify. And if you can hop on over to iTunes, give us a five-star review. It's always good. Doesn't matter. Even if you're there to tell me I'm an idiot, uh, <laughs> please feel free, but just do five stars. Um, and uh, make sure you subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. Uh, subscribe to that over there. And remember what I said, we host the college baseball experience, uh, wake forest and uh, Alabama played in a good one today. We also uh, host the college uh, basketball experience. We talk college hoops year round. Nate Oates obviously had a wonderful year uh, this past season. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we also, uh, so those just subscribe to all of those podcasts. Uh, we all come together as one on, on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience, get the SGPN app in the app store and Google play store. And, and we also host the USFL gambling podcast, which has been going on for a couple of years in Birmingham. The stallions and skip Holtz have been rolling. So check out that as well. Get the SGPN app and look, I love doing all these 133 teams. 133 episodes. Let's go. This is the college football experience. Alabama Crimson Tide style. Roll Tide. You better start thinking about yours. And we out of here.